Hey, thank you for joining us for another episode of God's Glory and Men's Real Stories. As always, you're in for a treat with a community I want you to see as your own and a place I hope you can consider a safe space for everyone to feel seen and understood in the stories and conversations you hear today. So relax in hopes that you can feel God's love as well as see God's glory in men's real stories. So my special guest today, he's my campus pastor at Elevation Blakeney. Shout out to all my Blakers. I'd like to welcome Paul Chibai. Thank you. I'm excited hey. to be here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so glad you could join me today. This is this is a treat. I I I look forward to every sit down, and some of them I, I I tell people I don't ever prepare for these sit downs. I just kind of like just prepare for whatever God has in yeah. store for what we're going to talk about and all. So, um, let me start off by just having you introduce yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, my name is Paul. Um, I have been the campus pastor at Blakeney for. Uh, almost four years now, and okay. I've been in ministry for about 10 years total. I was at uh, our Uptown campus for about five and a half years before I was at Blakeney. And uh, and yeah, my story is a little bit unique because I didn't want to be in ministry. Mm. So I was pretty adamant about just making money, being successful in the business world. You know, that was coming out of college. That was my goal. And then I felt like God kind of melted my heart a little bit and was like, hey, I need you to minister to people. I need you to be a part of this ministry. So uh, my, my journey was a little bit less of what you'd expect from a pastor. I didn't go to seminary or anything like that. I went to, I went to school and studied economics and stuff like that. So um, really my goal was just to be a business leader, be an entrepreneur. And then God kind of shifted my life over to, to ministry. So uh, I've been doing that for 10 years now. And yeah, it was just, uh, it's definitely different because like, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier. I think a lot of baggage comes with people who work in ministry. And when you hear that, you're like, well, what, what are you? Are you cool or right? You know, like, right, right, right. Can I try to be real or, right. or is this going to be you know a different conversation? So I think uh, w- with me not wanting to necessarily be in ministry my whole life, it wasn't my goal. I think that gives me a different perspective on those conversations and knowing that I'm talking to a business leader, I'm talking to people who just want to be good dads and better you know better men and stuff like that. I think it right. helps me kind of have a fresh perspective instead of it's all got to be about you know, the ministry or it's all got to be about, you know, a specific thing in that moment. So, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. No, that's, that's good. And, you know, I, I love the fact that this is an organic conversation because just in your introduction, I'm like, like it completely changed. Like, like what I thought was going to be like my, <laughs> yeah. my, my, maybe my question. So, so I don't, I don't ever have planned questions. I'm just kind of like, like shooting it off as God yeah. kind of provides me the information. But just the fact that you said, you know, I never really felt as though I wanted to be in ministry and yeah. I'm not sure your story, but what, what, could you kind of like expound upon why like it just never was something that because there's so many people that like look up to you guys and say, man, I would love to be a minister. I'd love to be a pastor. Like, just give me the stage and I'll right. make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Speak, speak to that for the people who who like like myself. But now now I'm learning you that didn't necessarily want to like per se like that wasn't where you felt you were called initially. Absolutely. Well, I, th- I think, too, it was a shift in my perspective because I saw ministry as a separate world and like the business world as a separate world. So I saw those two things very differently. And so it's like on Sunday, you, you get out of your business world and you get into ministry, right? And then mm, yeah. on Monday morning, you turn off your ministry world and you start your business world. That was what it looked like to me. So when I started the idea or thinking through the idea of maybe being in ministry and God was kind of warming me up to that, I started to realize that those two things are actually, they, they operate together all the time. So your work is your ministry and your ministry is your work. And so when I realized that those really weren't different, that just because I get paid by a church versus being paid by a corporation, it doesn't change the goal. The goal always has to be 
developing people, ministering people, bringing them closer to Jesus, whether that's being an accountant, whether that's being uh, in sales, whatever it is, or if it's, you know, being somebody who does that job on a Sunday morning for a church, those two goals are the same. And I think for me, my brain had separated those two. So that was kind of the journey where it was like, hey, I don't want to be in ministry. And God was like, but you are. Even now in right. school or even now, you know, doing sales for, you know, a, a startup, you know, tech company in Charlotte. It's like, that's what that you are doing in ministry. So right. I ever think that that's not ministry, but I want it to be in a more official sense. And I think that's where that's right. where God kind of heated me. I, I don't know. heated my heart up a little bit. I, I know I keep using that term of like, it just felt very cold. Like, no, no, I'm going to make a lot of money. Right. I'm going to support my family. Right. That's right. going to be my ministry. And God was like, I, I'm going to soften you to, to the idea that ministry can also look um, very different from what you expected. And right. so I know that I don't know if that's encouragement to people who might be listening who are like, man, I, I do. I want to be a ministry. I want to be a pastor. And you're like, you are. Right. The way, the way that you run meetings R- right, is right. ministry. The way I, that you, you know, react to, to outside forces, the way that you respond to your other, you know, coworkers, that that is ministry. I know we you know that, but you don't really well, you experience know, it. And you're, and you're so, I, I, I'm getting so excited because I sit over here and I think about how like sometimes people are like, yeah, when they think of ministry, they think that you have to be in a pulpit. Correct. You have to have the title pastor yep. instead of looking at what you're currently doing as a ministry. Yep. And, and, and especially when you're approaching people at your job in a sales space uh, where you're co- constantly find yourself talking about how good God has been to you. Correct. Constantly talking about different things you're experiencing and how you're going through different things and even if you haven't even contributed to God just the fact that you can talk about how like you're going through certain things but then you can minister to another yes. guy who's going yeah. through it um and that's so great but 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 I also noticed how you said you know when it comes to uh I didn't go to seminary school yeah. and a lot of people feel like you have to you have to have those prerequisites before you can be a pastor because Correct. and 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 I've I've learned that and, and I don't know your exact story or how you would explain it, but I've learned that when God calls you, he doesn't call you to say, OK, hey, look, I need you to take this Correct. this direction. And then I'm so so I would love for you to explain your, yours and how yeah. that normally is explained when people are like, well, wait a minute. You didn't go through the same steps as me as a pastor. Like, Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think there is initially there was a lot of insecurity with that where it was like, I feel underqualified. I feel like mm. I don't have all the answers. I feel like everyone else has all these licenses and, and and degrees and diplomas from places where you spent four years learning about stuff when I was just learning about the business world. I think I started to realize that, that ministry, um, getting to know the people and, and relating to people in ministry, I'm not ministering to other ministers necessarily, right? I'm not mm-hmm. talking to other pastors. I'm talking to business leaders. I'm talking to uh, you know people who are dads. I'm talking to families. I'm talking to people who live real life. And that is to say, just because you uh, have a degree from like a religious organization or if you if you did go to seminary that you're disqualified. But I just realized that a lot of my conversations are not about the theological backing of Romans 12. <laughs> it's, hey, man, I feel depressed and I feel like I'm not the man that I'm supposed to be. Right. And I'm like, OK, t- tell me tell me about that. It's like, well, I just feel like I'm I'm not a good dad. I feel like I'm, you know, insecure in who I am. And I'm like, OK, I mean, the Bible has so many answers to that. But I can Google those answers, right. but I can't necessarily sit down and be real and have a conversation with another, another man. I don't know if there's a certification that approves you for that, but I, I realize that people just need honest conversation. Right. And that's where ministry really starts. That's where Jesus' ministry was. Yes. He would sit down and have a conversation. He didn't 
quote this a lot of times when he quoted scripture it was to the pharisees right right that's true yes he wasn't necessarily saying well this is what the word says he was saying hey you have an ailment i'm going to heal that or you you, nobody's ever had lunch with you you know because you're the tax collector i'm going to sit down have lunch with you i'm going to have a conversation and i've realized more and more over the past 10 years that that's really what ministry is is a conversation it's not necessarily the the theological pieces that tend to be overcomplicated for a lot of people right um once you get into that it's a, it's a lot of fun obviously it's there's an important piece to ministry of making sure that you have the theological background that you understand who god is and what his word says but that's not really the starting point for a lot of people in in what is really hurting them and what their ailment is. That's right. where Jesus met people. He would heal them and then say, "Go sin no more." Right, it wasn't right. like, "Hey, have you done all the check boxes that <laughs> your local minister told you to do?" It was like, "No, no, no, you you have you have an issue of blood. I'm going to heal it. Then go sin no more." Right. It was like the, right. the ailment was the first thing that Jesus related to people, and I think that's where I, I find my ministry the most effective is when I'm not necessarily quoting scripture or unpacking these deep theological concepts. It's when I'm just willing to have a conversation, be real and be honest and be vulnerable at a certain point. I think that's where that process of being in ministry and it, and it has helped me feel more confident in ministry where I might not have the theological background. I might not have the seminary background, but I can have a good conversation and right. I know how to ask people questions and I know how to, how to sit in some bad feelings with people. Right. And that to me, I'd rather point people to Jesus through a good conversation than through all of my vast knowledge about the Bible. Right. And again, some people might disagree with that. No, that's yeah. just where I've realized that very few people are like, Paul, what does the Bible say about this subject? It's not that conversation. It's I'm, I'm not feeling good. Right. I'm having a bad day. I, I feel like I'm failing in my life. So let's talk about those things. And I think that's where that's, I want to meet people, that. you know, so, I love that. Yeah. And, I, and, and, I, and I feel like that's a, that's an approach in love to where you're meeting people where they're at yeah, and not necessarily meeting them with the, with a bunch of words, but sometimes it may even be silence, but I, I, I love Correct. that though. Yeah. yeah. Just, just being able to listen and, 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 and hear them and be with them in what they may consider the darkest times of their life sometimes. And, and that's, that's, that's really good. So when it comes to like, being able to be there for them who like who is paul outside of you know what most people witness yeah. when 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 it comes to like just seeing you maybe just on sundays yeah well so i i think um something i teach my team my staff is that if the person who's on stage is different from the person who's off stage then you're not communicating well so the person who is on stage should be very similar when you when you're talking when you're hosting when you're preaching should be the same person people get um, whether that's the same energy or different energy, whatever that looks like for you. So I always try to make sure that the person that people see on a Sunday morning when I'm up on stage is the same person you'll get if you see me in a supermarket on you know Monday <laughs> right. or at a restaurant with my wife on a Tuesday. Like I don't, I don't want those two things to be different. Again, there's a, a concept of appropriate vulnerability where there's things that I'll share with um, Jesus structured his ministry in, in a in a cool way. It's called the three, the twelve, and the hundreds. So mm. Jesus had his three favorite disciples, his 12 oh, disciples, and then the hundreds that followed him. And it was all about access. He gave the three disciples, he would let them in on things. He would tell them he's, he's frustrated or he's upset, uh, but that he, w- that he wouldn't tell the 12. Right. And then he would, le- he would bring the 12 in on things that he wouldn't tell to the hundreds. And so I think it became about access for me in ministry where I was like, I don't want to be a different person. I can't be that. That's too exhausting to live mm, two different lives. To right. be Pastor Paul and then weekday Paul. You know, I'll make inappropriate jokes and stuff with my friends. So <laughs> it's not. It's not that. But it's at what level do I allow people access to my life? And right. so I have those three favorite people. I have the twelve that are, are closer in, 
And then I have the hundreds that know who I am and know exactly what I stand on, but I might not give them as much access to all the pieces of my life, which is, you know, which I think that's important for everybody. But yeah. I, I, I would hope that people would say that the, the person I see on Sunday is the same person that I would get on a Tuesday or a Thursday or Friday uh, in whatever setting. But uh, there is that level of like, like we were talking about earlier of just of that vulnerability that I think everybody seeks out to where I'm not a different person, but also do want to be a place where I can be safe for people. And I think that's a right. thing that in ministries is important. I think that's where you can get in all these conversations about, you know, drinking and stuff like that, where it's mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be a stumbling block for people. So right. if it's going to cause someone else to not be able to talk to me mm -hmm. about something or a subject, then I think that's a, a real question I have to have in my heart of, is this worth it? No. You know, is it worth it for me to do these things that might cause someone else to stumble or might not feel comfortable having a conversation, social media? Am I going to post something about this subject that is going to be polarizing, uh, but is it going to limit my ability to have an honest conversation with somebody about what the Bible might say about it? Right. And that's a real conversation I have to have in my mind of like, I'm going to post this. Uh, is that really, the, is that really, <laughs> am I going to want to have these conversations on Sunday? You know, and so you, if you look at my social media, it's all about my son and my wife and that's it. Uh, but I know that a lot of people really f try to figure that out is I'm passionate about a subject and I'm going to be honest about it, but then it creates some issues where it's like, you might've just isolated a lot of people from that conversation you right? Know? because you took a stance on one side yeah, and yeah, now yeah. you gab those one-sided people, Correct. but the yeah. other side is just like, yeah, yeah no, which I is not to say don't ever take a stance. It just, some people take a stance without considering the, the fallout effects of those people, those silent people that will never have a conversation with me about it now. Right. I think that's a scary thing for me in ministry is like, I don't want to do that. I want anybody with any subject to be able to come up to me and say, what does the Bible say about this? Or, or what do you believe about this? Or I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? And I think that's a, that's a place where I think God's brought me to, but it is, it's, it's a, it's a conversation I have to always have in my mind of, I don't want to be a different person. I don't want to be two people, you know, pastor right. Paul and then, and then private Paul, uh, but there is a level of, uh, I think, appropriate vulnerability and access that I want to give people that I think is important. You got you, yeah, you just no. have to process through that. Yeah, definitely agree yeah. with that. And, and, and it almost speaks to like one of the messages we just recently heard about. At, you know, with with certain access, yeah. it comes with certain responsibility. Hundred percent. And and when you're when you're giving certain people that access, you're they're responsible not only for the access you're giving them, but sometimes being able to be responsible for how you may move forward with 100%. the with the access you've given them. And so, like, if you don't want the responsibility of that, then don't ask for the access exactly. as well. And yeah. so, yeah, no, and that's, that's, I'll give you a practical story early on in my ministry when I was at Uptown there was a woman who came in and she was struggling with homelessness and she needed some help and so of course I'm like oh yeah here's my phone number yeah let's, let's talk more and stuff like that and she would text me every single hour and be like hey I'm really sh I need food I'm here and I, I had this anxiety uh, because I had given her access to me personally mm. that I was trying to be I was trying to be help you know I was right. trying to make sure she was in a good spot but then I realized that I wasn't able to lead her well because I had given her this much access, but also she was not showing that responsibility that she needed to. So it became this thing where she started lying about things and it just, it became a big mess, but I started to realize I have to have a level uh, of appropriate access for people where, hey, either here's my email. I know this is really practical, but it's just how my brain works of, I can't give this person who has shown no responsibility to my life access to contact me whenever they want to. Right. And, and it starts to get overwhelming and I can't do my job well. Cause now, there's 10 other people that need my access who need to have a conversation with me, but I can't because I'm so anxious about this one specific person. Right. So I, wow. I think that's been a practical piece for me where 
I had to learn the lesson the hard way where, you know, this woman was really going through a difficult time. We ended up getting her help, but it was not through a text message to me. It was right. through the right channels that we could help support her and get her out of the situation. That's good. But wow. I, I think everyone has a certain probably probably an example they can think of where they've allowed too much access to somebody right. with too little responsibility and it just, you know, the, the train goes off the rails and it just gets it gets overwhelming and it feels like, well, what am I doing here? You know, Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah. And, 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 you're, and you're, you really are trying to approach with love, but you 100%. have to sometimes really think out how you want to approach, how you want to access that exactly. instead of just, just like like making a knee-jerk reaction to say, I'm going to open the doors, I'm going to throw it open and Correct. see how I'm gonna, however, however I can help you. And saying, well, wait a minute, I probably should have thought that out better because yeah. I'm, I don't actually have all the tools Correct. to really be able yeah. to help you. And, and this is not helping me now with yeah, having yeah, to respond exactly. to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the illustration from Sunday where it's like, do you have a password on your bank account? Yeah. Right? It's like, it doesn't mean you're not generous if you have a password. It just means that you have to allow a certain a level of access and appropriate, you know, I think that's a great illustration because it's true just because not everyone can be your best friend doesn't mean you're mean, right? right. It just means you're, you're allowing those boundaries to be established. And I right. think that's an important thing in ministry. But I will say, though, I think a lot of people struggle with that idea, yeah. that process of not only establishing their own boundaries, but also respecting the boundaries of other people and being like, you know, how appropriate is it to be in this conversation? Or, right. uh, you know, are you just going to lay all your cards out and then I'm going to have to feel like I'm laying all my cards out? You know, right. I think that's that dance a little bit that happens in ministry. It's like, you know, can we yeah. be real? And you're like, yeah, yeah we can be yeah. real. And then the other person's like, well, here's everything I'm struggling with. Here's my sins. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa I wasn't there yet. You know, <laughs> right, it's like, right. this is a getting to know you phase. And right, so I think right. It's something that people struggle with a lot. But that's the conversation I have a lot, too, is when I have that little white name badge, it shows that I'm on staff. People come up and they're like, here's my biggest struggle and I need help. And right. Like, okay. Guess we're we're through the we're through the barriers and everything like that. And I appreciate that because I want people to be honest. But then then the personal Paul is like, I don't want them to feel like, like I'm not being their best friend or right. if I'm not giving them my phone number, you know, that they can call me 24 seven on. I just, I try to help them at the best level I can, but it is, it's always something that's in the back of my mind. Like, are, are you mm. being appropriately vulnerable? Are you giving the right access? But then also like, are you loving on people and right. are you really, really caring for people at the right level? So it is, it's a, it's always, it, it feels like a, a constant battle, but you know, it's yeah. part of the, the fun piece of ministry, I think. No, that's, that's, that's really awesome. And you know, I, as, as you explain that, you know, I think about how like, yes, you do find yourself at the back end of, um, or, 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 you know, sitting with people through a lot of their struggles, them, them immediately recognizing you or knowing who you are and saying, yeah. Hey, look, I want to talk to you about this. Do you ever think to yourself, because I've had people ask me this, even when they say, you know, you go to help so many other people. Who's helping you? And what are you? What are what like? What are what are some of the things that people are sitting there telling you about that you're like? You have no idea, but I'm struggling with that too right now. Yeah. And the best thing I can do for myself a lot of times is pray about it, knowing that I can't fight this battle on my own. Correct. Yeah. So so yes, I I un, not that I understand exactly what you're going through, but I can understand what that may feel the like struggle, sitting yeah. in that myself. I Does, think I think Leah would love that you're asking that question because my wife. She, I think she knows that I struggle with that a lot where you're always available to other people, but who's available to you. Yeah. And so I think it is, that's, that's part, probably this, the hardest part of ministry is finding people who you can be real with, not about ministry, but just about how you're right. doing. And I think I have a good friend group and stuff like that. And, and I think having a diverse friend group in terms of being in ministry or not in ministry, I think that always keep, keeps your, your head a little bit more level too. I think you're friend group should be really diverse not all from the same group or not right. from the same job it should be 
people they shouldn't work with you. Yeah, yeah. Right. They shouldn't all think like you. Is he either? Because I mean, like you normally can can think about what you 100%. want to do or would do, but if they all think like you, yeah. then they're giving you the exact same answer you've already thought of. You and so it doesn't really help. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, think, I think it's important to have that where people are like, hey, that's not that's not right, or you're not in the right place, or you're not healthy, or some people are like, no, you're good. I mean, you're struggling with that, and you should. You know, right. that's a that's a, a weird place to be, but I get it. And so I think that's where. I've had to really work on, on identifying what those three people are. I mean, you could say just three people. I think my circle is probably five or six people who mm-hmm. just know what I go through, who know what I've been through and can be honest. And I can just pick up the phone and call and not have to feel the weight of ministering to them. I think that's a big piece where it's mm-hmm. like sometimes it feels mm-hmm. like a lot of my conversations can be one way streets. Because, again, it's I don't expect that when I join ministry, when I do that, I kind of set aside my selfish desire to be. Uh, invested into uh, in every conversation mm-hmm. and know that that might be my role for a lot of people so you have right. to understand that when you go into ministry but it can feel like some Sundays where I walk away and I'm like man I just poured myself out mm. you know I, is there anybody that can pour into me you right know? and those are the the inner circle people that are like hey man you crushed it you want to go golfing this week you know or something right, like that where it's right. like, yeah we don't even right. have to talk about church we don't even have to talk about sermon we can just we can just talk and hang out. Right, that's right. Like, that's that so safe important. Place, that yeah, to go to. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. That, that's that's so, and that and that's really what this was kind of all built around. And that you know, there are so many people that do pour out. They pour out, and and whether it be because of different things, they grew up having to feel as though they have to please people, and their their sure. whole identity is pleasing others or or whatever it may be you know they find themselves at the end of like pouring pouring until they realize their cup's empty and at that point they don't have a person yeah. to actually come and say hey look let me pour back into you what's what, what what's going on in your life right now like what are yeah, you yeah, what yeah. are you i know you take on everybody else's issues and sometimes yeah. you, you literally go home with that stuff and that weight of like i hope they get helped i hope that this person is able to receive what they need yeah. you know what should i do how can i help more but then you get to that point where it's like all of a sudden things break down in your life. Yeah. And it's like, well, who's checking in on Paul to say, Hey, you okay, Paul? Like everything good, like everything in your life, you know? Yeah. Because I I realized how important that is when it comes to just running empty and, and realizing, looking around and realizing you don't have those people. Absolutely. Now I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you ever feel like in this, with this podcast, do you feel like you have wisdom to share that gets left unsaid because you you feel like you're the one kind of leading the conversation. Right. So obviously it's like I'm going to ask this question knowing this person's perspective, mm-hmm. but also do you ever feel like you leave wisdom left behind almost where it's like, man, I, I probably would have said that, but because I'm I'm the one guiding this conversation that wasn't the right place for me because I feel like that can be a place too where it's like, yeah, I would I would have provided this little instance of information or I would have given this story had I been asked that question. Do you ever? Do you ever get that sense or do you feel like Well, you know, I, I have I try to do this perfect and it's never perfect. Yeah. So let me go ahead and throw that way that word out because we <laughs> threw that word out of my house. Um I try to do this balance where I recognize that some people a lot of times just want to be heard. Yeah. And advice is great, but not everybody is looking for advice. It's true. And even though I can hear, I you know, and, and not that I'm a therapist, but I've recognized how when you go to therapy, you're not going there for advice. You're yep. going there a lot of times to unpack everything. Exactly. Yeah. And so in unpacking, nobody's necessarily looking at each thing and saying, okay, let me advise you on this. Correct. No, they realize that you need to unpack just so you can look at it. And a lot of times, even in looking at it, and as you start to take more out and start to talk to th- through different things, 
it's not always advice or, or, or things that I want to respond back because I can always speak from my own personal growth and, yeah. and, and things in my journey that have happened. But I recognize how sometimes, you know, maybe that that response may need to be had off air. Yeah. Maybe it might help a lot of other people outside of that person. So maybe Correct. I will speak into it. But I recognize that there's I, I like to listen. And I, I think that's where I, I was. I've had God working on my own heart to be more of a listener than a speaker because yeah, I've always yeah. wanted to fill air yeah. with noise. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like silence. And so sometimes it's okay to sit in silence with people. You know, that's yeah. one thing that I enjoy with my grandmother before she passed. You know, we didn't have to have a lot of words, but just being there with her. And like, even if we were both just looking at the TV and then there was nothing we were really watching, yeah, it yeah. was just, it was just making time. It just felt like it was good to be in the space with that person. And yeah. so a lot of times, I like to be in the space with people instead of just advising because what worked for me may not work for you. It may not be a good fit for you, yeah. but, but I know that what you're doing now, as far as talking about some of the things that you're going through, that's probably one of the biggest helps right there because cool. a lot of people don't get that space to yeah. like talk about the things they're going through. Oh yeah. And, and, and that's so important, which is why they normally find you or they find somebody and you, you think to yourself, OK, don't like are you like isolated from people? And they're like, no, I go to a job. I actually go to a job every day while I'm around people or I, I have yeah. my spouse at home that, that that I could. But but a lot of times maybe that space with those people isn't safe enough for they for them right. to yeah. to talk about what they're going through. Oh, so. Yeah. So, yeah, no, um, I, I I guess I would say that a lot of times I like to listen more than I speak. And, cool. and, and um, I realize that 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 gives them more of the room to continue to unpack instead of like feeling like, okay, every time I say something, he's going to approach it with, exactly. with a yeah, new yeah, piece yeah. of information. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, what do you got to say to that? Like, no, no, it's, it's, I, it's just good. And I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. So yeah, that's awesome. And I think the world needs more, a good question askers. Yeah. You know, I, I hate having a conversation with somebody that I know is just, where, where'd you go to school? And, uh, Oh cool. <laughs> what do you do for work? I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know, I, I love having like those conversations that feel like, uh, I, I don't know if you do fantasy football, like a snake draft, where it's like, all right, that first person drafts that first person, and then you need to follow the next one, and you kind of, it's like a domino situation. Right. If I tell you something crazy about my life, and then your next question is, where'd I go to school? It's like, <laughs> are you following the conversation at all? You know, I love people who ask good questions and are like, I was going to ask you something else, but based on what you just said, hold on, let's unpack that. Right, let's go this direction. That, you know? yeah, 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 no, and, and I feel like it's important because what it lets the person know is that I'm, I'm listening to you. Yeah. This is not just like I have a bunch of questions written down here and regardless what your response is, I'm going to the next exactly. question, the yes. next topic, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like in any, and, and I think I got that skill from interviews and in that when you sit down with people, you let them know you're hearing them yeah. by, by, by saying, that was good. Like I was going to maybe go this direction with my first question, but no, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, the way you just went into that. And so I, I understand how important that is. Um, and, and I, I find myself doing that a lot. And, and like you said earlier, you said this about, you know, being called into ministry. And even though, you know, I fear being called into the ministry of like standing on a stage and being a pastor because yep. of my own past, I realized that my ministry is this, yes. this is, this yeah, is, yeah. I, I like to approach people with love, but I like to meet them where they're at and not be like, well, you got to clean up and get that together. And then I'll come over out. You can come and meet me halfway or exactly, something like, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I, matter of fact, to speak to something you said one time, I like to meet people in the middle. Yeah. And I remember you, you gave us yeah. a letter one time yeah, yeah, yeah. and that made yeah. so much sense. Like it was yeah. like, yeah, like if you can meet a person in the middle of that leveler 
instead of asking them, they have to have to get it right. Or, hey, look, clean up a little bit. Or, hey, look, you got to stop that first or whatever. If I can meet you in the middle, then that's where you need the most help. Correct. You, you, you don't sometimes you don't have the strength to, to step out and, and and move forward. Like, I'm so tired. I, can you just meet me here now? Because yeah. I've done so much to get here. 100 percent. Yeah. And I think there's a reason why God chose the the weirdest, most odd people right <laughs> to be the the greatest stories i mean david was a murderer and a shepherd boy right. was, was a prostitute like i don't think it was a, a mistake that he chose those people to work these beautiful stories through and oftentimes the people that man would glorify were the ones that were the ones that were you know jokes were made of you know it's like right. the kings and all these people like they really didn't have power in, in in the kingdom and jesus didn't really use their stories a lot so we look at the bible and it's like if god could use david you know conniving king who you know who was just not not, by all of our standards would probably be not not a great dude right right but yet god used him because i think that's that's what god is that's the story that god is telling through us is that it cannot be about you right it's about you and how good you are then that's your reward great you got the you got the glory you got the income whatever you want that's your reward but if you want a higher reward if you want a higher level of satisfaction i'm going to use the little chinks in your armor the places that are, uh, feel unsafe for the places that feel like you're vulnerable those are the places that i'm going to work in right so I want people to see your life and say only god could do that not look how successful he is i wonder what's what's got going on you know like right. there are those people but i think a lot of times we want all to live that life of like look how perfect he is i wonder how he got so perfect right and that's not but it, but you know what though it's harder to approach a perfect person 100%. with everything that you're going through all the flaws knowing that like okay so you clearly have never had any of these problems that i'm carrying where when you showcase your real the real authentic version of you flaws and all then now at, the, at this point it I, I, I connect to that. Yes, like, yeah. I see that. Like, yeah. okay, so you're not perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have to be perfect. Yeah. So, like, and, and, and it, it creates a space of, like, man, I, I thought that I was, like, like i just been forgotten. God yeah, didn't need uh, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, clearly, like, I, I can't be going through this if yes. I'm a pastor. But when people see a pastor or a, or a person in a leadership position, yeah. whether it be in church, whether it be at the top of the company, whether it be in, in it, wherever it may be, it, it's 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 refreshing to realize that his struggles look a lot like my struggles. Correct. Her struggles exactly. look a lot my, like my struggles. Yeah. And and if they're struggling and we're struggling together, I'm not alone. Exactly. Here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not, so yeah. you're telling me I'm not alone. 100%. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, because it does feel when you're going through things that I know this personally, it feels very lonely. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're when when uh, you know when the journeys I've taken and, and the journey I'm on now, there are times when. It feels very lonely. It feels like nobody else is showing me that they're going through the same thing. And sometimes it takes you screaming out, I'm struggling with this for like maybe like two people to be like, okay, 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 look, so I'm struggling with that too. Like, yeah. like, oh, you, you know, you're not, yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 like, all right, yeah. like, and maybe they're not comfortable like letting everybody for know sure. like you, but like you've given them a space to be to be able to admit that like, okay, I'm, I'm going through that too. So let, let's talk, let's talk over here. 100%. Like, 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 yeah, yeah. because I'm not ready to quite tell everybody that I'm struggling with that too. Yeah. And it's in, I've learned it, as I say a lot, vulnerability is my superpower because it allows me to not have to hide behind my struggles. Correct. But approach people to realize, oh, 
okay, so it's the Me Too movement. We're yeah, all going yeah, through yeah. this together, and yeah. and and more importantly, now this creates a space for all of us to sit down and like maybe Correct. like want to talk, whether it be around a campfire, whether it be through a Zoom call, whatever. Like, let's. This is what creates groups, hundred percent men's groups. This is what creates women's groups of of opening a door to what it looks like really behind like what you're seeing on my highlight realm, which is called you know social media. Exactly. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 really awesome. So yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead. No, I, I, say, I think letting people in behind the scenes is so important. I think that is, you know, just seeing a little bit of the background. And I think it's even funny because on social media, people get so excited when people like. I love it when The Rock shows his uh, cheat meals. You know, because The Rock <laughs> is Jack man. Like he's like elite level athlete. He played you know football, and he's a you know he's like a, he's the man. Right. And I love when I see his cheat meals because I'm like okay. He likes pancakes too. Right, you know, right. Sometimes you see these guys on like social media who are like all you know buff and stuff. You're like, yeah, I eat, I eat raw chicken every day for you know ten pounds. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? That sounds terrible. So it's funny to see these guys. I think vulnerability is something people beg for, especially right. on social media. So you'll see people post like, hey, this is you know this is a uh, me being real this time, you know, or even be real. Like you have to take a photo. It's like the social media thing where you have to take a photo exactly where you're at at that time, right. so people can see the background, like. Life isn't as it seems, you know. I think right. social media builds up this idea that all right, this is all perfect or this workout was great, but they don't, you know, you don't hear about the 55 times I talked myself out of it, the, the, you know, the months before, you know, that you're just seeing these highlights. And R I think vulnerability is like the, if you are able to be vulnerable right now, I think it's the greatest currency of getting people uh, on your side, of getting people to get excited about even even a product or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I think it's it's the currency that people are seeking right now. It's just I need people to be vulnerable, and I think right. that's what happens when you build a whole society on social media and trying to be the best and trying to show how perfect my life is. People will seek the vulnerability. You know, right, that's what Jesus right. was. I think no. he, you know he, he was able to be that for people, and he was he was a human. He was he was fully human and fully God, but yet he he was letting us into some of those human pieces of him, and I think that's where the most powerful moments of, of ministry happen. You know? Right, so, right. Like you were saying, like, just, you, sometimes you need to just scream, I'm not okay. And then the two guys are like, me neither. You yeah. know, and you're like, all right, that's a connection. You know, right. that's what people need. Right. You know, and then you end up getting 50, 60 guys all together, all have the same problem. Right. And you just need to the first domino to fall. You yeah, know? So, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That's really good. So, I, so you know, I, I, I can't, of course, conclude these these conversations sometimes if I have the space in the room to without like asking. So when it comes to like, you know, we talked about this earlier about, you know, you, you being able to pour into so many people. Um, outside of you being able to have your core group, the people that have access to you, what what do you find yourself doing, or are you doing anything to like help with your own mental health on a, on a, on a regular basis, yeah. uh, based on your own? Because I know I know that's a stigma that men don't really normally have to deal with anything. We we just kind of push through it. We, we suck it up. And we 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 work through life and, and, yeah. and because my grandfather and his grandfather and his grandfather, yeah, you know, exactly. never yeah, really yeah. needed any help. And they yeah. just, they, they pushed through some steel mines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are, what are you currently doing? Um, um, in the wide scope of a realm of mental health, what are you doing to really pour back into yourself outside of like your, your core group that yeah. you spoke about? Well, I think I will say, and I'll, I'll be vulnerable in this. I'm not very good at it. Um, I, I think it's something probably my biggest challenge in ministry is to, I think 
I might say this about myself. I think other people might not say it about me, but I feel like the most undisciplined person mm-hmm. in my in my group. You know, like, and it's not from a place of like I'm just like slamming ice creams all the time. Not from <laughs> that, but more of I don't have a lot of structure. I, I like I like kind of running by Wait. the hem of my pants. You know, like oh okay, let's just you know let's just kind of figure out what this day will hold. Right. And right. so I'm not good at structuring things out. So I, I will say. Um, I think having those consistent conversations with safe people is something that I love. I have people that um, know that about me. And so when I'm getting to a dark place or I haven't been responding to texts, they'll just shoot me a call and say, we right. need to talk. Right, you right. Know? And it's not like, hey, what are you doing, man? It's more like, hey, let's 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 have some time. I have one of my buddies who says, he just texts me, he says, hang soon. And that's it. Right. And I know it means let's go by the fire, you know, have like a fire pit. Let's just hang out and talk and just talk about whatever dumb crap we want to talk about. But it's a safe place. Right. And it's a place where it's like we can be vulnerable. And so I think I, I've structured my life in a way where I think those guardrails are. Let me say this. I've structured my life where the guardrails are good, mm. but I haven't learned how to drive well yet. Ah. So I have the I have like those safe walls on the side. Right, where if I get right. healthy, I have people and I have, I have systems to kind of help, help me, you know, not right. fly off the cliff. But I'm definitely not a good driver right now. And right. I, I don't know how to really kind of like just stay in my lane well. I think no. that's something I'm still trying to figure out. And obviously it comes with every new season. Yeah, I yeah. just had a baby, you know, 10 months old. So it's like all the discipline things that I was like, oh, I'm going to work out at this time. It's right. like, you know, Canyon wakes up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, right. I had a plan for the day. And not, you know, I don't anymore. Um, but I do think it's, I think I'm starting with those guardrails and then I'm slowly working on my way to figure out what are the things that I can really stick to, you know, whether it's working out consistently, whether it's um, just, you know, having some structured conversation, even calendaring time to just think, you know, mm, like I don't yes, have that. I, I don't yeah. do that well. And so sometimes I'm just like, like we have a sermon that we're preparing uh, over the next couple of months. And I'm like, I just need time just to not even study or, or go into like the Bible, but just process. Right. What are some things that I can, that I've been working on? Or what are some things that I've seen recently? I think that's where my, my best, uh, I guess, content comes from. It's just reflecting. And I think I don't do a good job of that. So no, I, again, good. I wish I could give you more no, 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 it was- or things like that. And I do feel like my mental health is in a, in a good spot, but I don't. I, I think it's something where I don't structure it well. And right. I feel like I I I need to get better at that. But um, and don't get me wrong. Everything you threw out, a lot of the things, even 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 though you said, you know, hey, look, I'm still trying to work on that. But just like even like I'm gonna make time to 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 handle those thoughts that I didn't have time to Correct. focus on yeah. before, and I had to just keep pushing them off. I'm gonna sit with those thoughts that yeah. that, that that I've normally like. I, I've bookshelved them for now and I'll get back to you. Um, um, that, that's, that's great. And I, I didn't notice you even have a great group around you. Like even your, 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 uh, work system, your work yeah. group, you know, because I have, I have never until just recently seen a campus or, or, or a church that has a sensory room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that don't know what a sensory room is, that's a room where, it creates a space yeah. where you can kind of like just step away from from everything because some people can't handle all of the just just so much oh, so yeah. much noise and yeah. so many things people running around and I trust me I've I've had moments where I think one Sunday I thought about like just stopping what I was doing while I was serving and just yeah. going in that room and just kind of like okay slow down yeah oh yeah this room feels safe yes. this room has a nice calming like yeah. safe space yeah, moment yeah. where I, I'm going to just stop breathe and then i'll go back to what i was doing but i need a moment where and 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 sometimes just people giving themselves that moment or creating that space in their home even if it's just in a closet to where you can just kind of like 
break away from everything that's going on, 100%. all the noise yeah. to just say. So, so you know, I, I know, I don't know who created that space, but like they're, it's funny how you, you never know the people you have around you that realize like, okay, this is what I needed for myself. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I created it for others. Yeah. And, well, and, and, and part of it too is I, I, what I coach my team on, and this is something I think maybe helps my mental health a little bit that I do, I think I'm disciplined in is if you think about it, how many conversations do you have in your mind where you lose the conversation? So you have an mm. argument. Let's just say you want to ask for a day off, right, for your work. And you know it's kind of a sensitive time right now or whatever it is or people are getting laid off or whatever it is. Right. And you're like, ah, no, that won't that won't work. Boom. You just lost you that did, conversation. Right. So what I tell my team is I say have that mental conversation and lose it, but then have it again and win it. Right. And see how, how much better your mindset gets when you realize that, hey, maybe I'm not – an idiot. Maybe I'm not a dummy. Maybe I'm right. not a loser. Or maybe I'm, you know, I, I can ask this and they say yes. Yeah. And I think that's a, a lot of where my mental health comes from is I'll have the conversation in my brain and I'll win the conversation and then I'll have it in person. And it goes typically more like that than it does the other way. Right. But imagine how many people are walking around just thinking that they're always losing conversations. They're having these fake conversations in their mind and they're mm -hmm. losing them over and over again so part of the sensory room was what i was working with my kids director and she was like hey i feel like this would be cool but i feel like it might get frowned upon i said stop what if that's the best thing we ever do mm -hmm. what if what if everyone's like oh my gosh let me literally add an addition to my campus so that i can have maybe right. what if that's the conversation right and, and we, we walked down that path and that's where it led was wow this is incredible and now families lives are being changed we've already heard stories from one weekend of having it where they're like i feel seen i feel like my church sees me right know? and it didn't stem from this crazy you know logistical thing that we were doing it was one person saying maybe i can win this conversation maybe we do need something for kids that feel a little overwhelmed uh, mm. to just go and just have some right. space and, and and we won the conversation right and then we won the situation right so right I think that's where like my mental health has gotten better from that where it's like i'm not just walking around defeated because I'm having all these imaginary conversations that I lose, I'm right. trying to I'm trying to tip the scales a little bit more, and knowing that hey, God has put something in me. He's given me skills. He's given me a mindset. He's given me experience. So maybe I can win some of these conversations. Right, right. And then, I, and then you go into the actual conversation, and you feel more confident, and you're able to instead of feeling like you have to run uphill, you're like, no, no, we're just having a normal conversation, two people about a subject. Let's figure this out. And I right, think, right. I think a lot of people feel insecure going into even a simple request. Because it's like, all right, I'm a loser. I yeah, lost this conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. in my mind 20 times. Right, right. Yeah, maybe you yeah. can just create a, a pattern where you just win the conversation one time. How is that going to go? It's going to go great. Perfect. Let's try it. That's so Let's good. See how it happens. So. See, yeah. and, and even that right there, that speaks to... Our, a lot of our mental health because we do we, we'll talk ourselves down oh we'll defeat gosh. ourselves in yeah. our head we'll 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 already steer ourselves off of maybe a course that god's taking us to say yeah. hey look i want you to do this he's the one to start that conversation just for you to be like no but they won't like that or Correct. no you know they'll they'll turn me down and so we've already deterred ourselves from where he's trying to take us without yes. even having the actual conversation with the person and 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 as some people always say well what's the worst they could give you a no yeah well, yeah but the, the truth is is God has already worked it out in some cases to where they're prepared to say yes. Yeah. You, he, he's already worked that out. It's just that you boxed him in to say, hey, look, right. yeah, no, I, I don't think that's going to go well. Even, even I how can, you started this podcast. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there, yes. been, there were times where you were like, this is, no, nah, it's not going to work. Or people <laughs> won't say, whatever it is that you, right. I bet you fought that battle in your mind, but I think right. you were just maybe winning that battle a couple of times. And like you said, just some of these resources where you were like, only God could have done that. Right, like, right. I've been trying to help you win this conversation in your mind because I put it in your heart. I, I gave you the direction, but right. yeah, you keep 
telling yourself you're a loser in all these situations. Yeah. And God's like, stop doing that. Like, or start, or don't reach out to this guy. He's not going to, yeah, like, I, he's going to laugh. Or he, Man, listen, if I could tell you how many times I've done that, only to finally just muster it up, just knock on the door, and they'd be like, yeah, dude, what's up, man? I was waiting to do this. And I'm like, 100%. Wait, wait, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think yeah. that's a good, a good pattern to, to get yourself into. Just Even if it's not always winning every conversation in your mind, just give yourself a couple of victories. And I think that's, right. that's helpful. No, that's awesome. That is so good. That's yeah. so true. And, and listen, I, I hope, I hope you, you truly got notes on that because that, that is a huge, like, like even in that, that is something that people struggle with daily. And, and just the fact that that, yeah. that speaks to even like where your mental health is that you don't at least allow your thoughts to take take hold and, and to re derail you from what you're 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 supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that that's one thing that a lot of us could could just focus on of like, you know what? I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna push through the fear of what my mind's telling me versus mm -hmm. what could be on the other side of the fear. Yeah. And I'm gonna push through that fear. So no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well look, I'm I you know what? I wanna make sure I give you an opportunity just to maybe like leave us with any final words, anything that you may want to just impart on my audience, um, just that you may have on your heart today that uh you may just wanna like leave us out with. Yeah, I, I and I think it goes back to what we've kind of already talked about. It just I think vulnerability is something we all we all want. And I think a lot of the people around us need as well. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can just, if, if our world could have more confident men who are willing to be vulnerable with each other, I, I think the world would be a, a much better place. And I think uh, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's in your family, I think I struggle with that too with, with my family of trying to be vulnerable. If I'm not doing well, Leah knows it. Right. You know, she can sense it from me, but I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. You know, and, and she's like, I know you're not. You just, I just need you to say it. You know, right. I think. I think that's kind of that idea that we talked about where it's like, well, my, my great-grandfather was in the mines and, you know, it's like, right, yeah, right. That's, that's fine. That was good for that season. But I think it's important for us as men to realize that vulnerability is, is important. And I think it right. is it is, a, it is a currency of connection, you know. And yeah. it's like, if I can just say, hey, man, even walking out of a meeting, be like, that, that felt rough. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, whatever it is, just, right. just to be honest about it, I think that's what we need more of. And I think that's what um, will help us um, – I think it'll help us connect with Jesus more too. You know, yeah. Oh no. Th definitely. Those are the people that Jesus really, uh, I think, uh, gravitated towards and, and really healed. But the people, not the people that were like, "I'm fine, Jesus." It was the ones that said, "All right, I'm at the end of my rope. Right. The only thing I can do is, is touch the, you know, the hem of his garment. The only thing I could do is push through the crowd and try to get to him." And it was those people that were just desperate for vulnerability and saying, "Hey, I, I, I don't know what else to do." I think if we had more, more people and more. Uh, men in our workplace that were willing to say, hey, I'm kind of at the end of my rope. I just need some help. I, I think we'd be in a much healthier place. So I just encourage anybody who's listening just to do that and to have your group of friends, to have your group of people, your three or your 12, where you can just be honest. Hey, I'm not I'm not doing well uh, and I'm, I'm struggling, but also be that for other people. Be a safe place where right. other people can be vulnerable with you too. So. No, that's awesome. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate your gift of vulnerability today. Of course, yeah. Um, um, and, I, and I love how you ended that with just like, yeah, you, you God can't help you if you're not real with him. God yeah, can't yeah. help you if you're hiding behind things as if he doesn't see it already. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he wants to reach you where you're at. 
So so let him know where you're at. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's that. good. That's awesome. Well, hey, look, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate you sitting down with me. Um, um, it's always an awesome. It's always an awesome treat to be able to sit down with somebody that in, in this case, I didn't know a lot about you outside yeah. of what uh-huh. I see. And just the laugh and the conversation and the soccer we may talk oh, yeah, about. Yeah. But like outside of that, you know, it was really great to like really be able to like sit down with you and, and you share a, a, a lot of you with with my audience as me. So, yeah, yeah and you awesome. see me in my most vulnerable is you know, watching Argentina almost fail in the World yeah. Cup. So you've really seen me. You've seen me in my darkest moments and my highest joys. But I've seen so. you at your highest yeah. joys too. And all <laughs> yeah. I can ever think about is the video. If, if, if nobody knows of Paul, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta add Paul on social media just so you can watch his you joy when you jumped in the air. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate you coming, brother. I, I really do. Um, uh, I thank you for sharing with my audience today. I thank my audience for joining us today on this episode. Um, I appreciate my son for always being there behind the scenes to really help us out and get everything going. Um, and I just want to thank everybody for joining us today. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you for continuing to support and, and, and share these messages with, with others who you know may just need to hear this. All right. So, hey, you guys be blessed. Thank you again for joining. We'll talk to you again soon. We appreciate you listening today and hope that if you enjoyed this episode, you like and subscribe and also listen to past episodes. We hope to bring you great future content as well. Please comment your thoughts on this episode as well as leave any prayer requests below so that this community can pray alongside you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at God's Glory and Israel Stories. Brothers, we understand how the thoughts of even facing your own past and current story and the pain and hurt that come along with this is no easy task. But you're not alone, as you hear in these episodes. Nor has God forgotten you or left your side as he's in it with you, fighting alongside you through the storms of life. He loves and has already forgiven you, no matter what you have done, and he wants a relationship with you. Your healing, freedom, and growth are important to God and to us as well. Maybe you're considering giving up or need someone to talk to. Here are a few resources that exist that we hope can shine a light into that dark place you're in. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255. If you need support but are not in crisis, consider reaching out to a warm line with individuals who would love to talk with you. Speaking to someone on these calls is typically free and confidential and run by people who understand what it's like to struggle in life. Find a local number by going to warmline.org.